The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I want to tell you about this cute little podcast called PFTPM, okay? Some guy does it out of his garage and... West Virginia. Wait, is it Virginia or West Virginia? I always get it mixed dun, up. Dun, Which one are you? Dun, 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 dun. Your invitation has been permanently <laughs> Oh, baby, we're back. That's right. It's Thursday. It's pick time. Okay, Florio's in his garage in Virginia. I mean, West Virginia. My bad. I'm here at the studio working hard, being the company man. Hope you're good. You doing all right there? Hey, you got a nice hey, cup of coffee? I, you must you must be busy today because you were late once again, and I took photographic evidence and put it on Instagram. Oh, very nice of you. Thank you so much. Uh, that's very – yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's so hard. You have so many obstacles to overcome at your home where you have to walk upstairs. And, um, yeah, you know, some of us are here working, trying to make the company better, and I got to deal with a lot of people and a lot of different moving parts, you know. It's not easy being. Let me just me. say this. Let me say this. Given the size of my house, I probably had to walk farther to get back up here than you had to walk to get to the studio. No, I'm down in Studio Six. You know how far away that is. Your house, I've heard, is very big, but it's not as big as this damn NBC building. I know that. If it is, then I don't know why the hell you're working, anyways. Okay. <laughs> so, either way, all right. Here we are. Chris Sims Unbutton, Mike Florio's PFTPM collaboration. Okay, this is going to be our new thing. This is what we're going to do. It's going to be Thursday picks against the spread, straight up. We're going to give you a little knowledge on all those. We're going to pick our three favorite games to bet on during the week. This past week, just like to let everybody know, we both went two and one. I think that's kind of impressive on our three locks. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars, as did I at the Houston Texans right last week. You took Kansas City to cover the spread against the Raiders. You were correct, Michael Joseph Florio. And then I took Detroit to win against the Chargers, and they did. Luckily, as it may be, they did and covered the spread, of course. Uh, you lost the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know what the fuck you were thinking there, going Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers. And Whoa! You've been telling me all week I should go easy on Kirk Cousins. Yes. Didn't say you should pick him over Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, okay? There's a difference. And then I lost the New Orleans Saints, who I thought would put up a better showing uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. And, of course, they lost Drew Brees. So uh, two, and two, two out of three on our best bets uh, against the spread, Mike Florio. Seven, eight, and one. As I was seven, eight, and one, you went seven and nine straight up. I went 10 and six straight up. Okay. Uh, and for the season right now against the spread, you're 13, eight and one. I'm 12, 19 and one. And I have a one game lead on you on the straight up picks where I am 18, 13 and one, and you are 17, 14 and one. And I am going to continue to pat that lead this week and dominate you in these picks. Um, hey, let me just make one observation. We're not very good at this. No, well, I didn't expect to be very good. I do expect to be good on my bets of the week, though, okay? That's where I'm going to hold myself to a standard, at least right there. 
There's a lot of variables. Because nobody's going to bet every game, right? Nobody's right. betting every game. You're an idiot. You're going to bet just three say, games. Yes. Let me just say, if you're listening to us and you're betting on every game, you're an idiot. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Wait, let me just say this. Yeah. If you're listening to us, period, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, so, that can be very much real as well. But idiots <laughs> listen to other idiots, so that makes sense. Okay? Um, all right. So let's start it off with this Thursday barn burner. All right. Down in Jacksonville, the token Thursday night game of every year for the rest of humanity will be the Titans and the Jaguars at some point. Um, Titans lose last week to the Colts. Uh, the Jags lose a heartbreaker to the Texans. There's the Jalen Ramsey drama. What do you got? Michael Florio. Uh, the Titans are one and a half point favorites on the road over under 39. Yeah, and look, when the spread is that small, I, I don't try to thread the needle and pick one to cover and the other to win. I, and the Titans make me nervous because they play up and down to the level of a competition. But I think after losing to the Colts on Sunday, a game they should have won, the Titans are good enough to win this game. The Jaguars have their backup quarterback. Marcus Mariota is still healthy, even though it seemed like he was a little banged up coming out of the Colts game. I think he's fine, good enough to go to Jacksonville and win the game. The defense is good enough. Derrick Henry, remember he had that huge game against Jacksonville last year on Thursday night. I think the Titans win this one. I've got 17-13, and I'll be shocked if there's more than 30 total points in this game. I don't know what the over-under is. the over-under 39. 39. Right. Bang the under. Bang the under. Should that be one of our best bets? I the mean, under it for could tonight? Be. You're right. 39? You're right. Yeah. So 17-13. Well, I'm with you. I have a very similar score. I'm going Titans 16-13 as well. We're going to make this quick uh, because there's not a lot of sexy matchups here. But you said all the right reasons. Uh, that's that the you know the Titans, and then they have Marcus Mariota. They do have a pretty good secondary. I don't have any faith in Jacksonville's running game as of yet. We've yet to see that take off. You know, they're banged up on the offensive front, so that's a little bit of an issue. Uh, and, yeah, I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota and the Titans to pull off a ugly game, 16-13 to 13 on the road. You're right, bang the over, the under there. Uh, that's the way to go. Okay, enough of that game. Now, let's get into a pretty good one here at the 1, 1 o'clock slate. Uh, kind of under the radar good. The Atlanta Falcons off their big victory on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the Colts are one-point favorites at home, over under 47. I do think this will be a close game. Who are you going to go with here, Michael? You know, I, I would feel better about my pick if I knew that Adam Vinatieri was actually going to be able to make his kicks. I see the Colts giving one. I mean, it doesn't take much for that one to go away if your kicker is going to keep missing extra points and he's missed four extra points in two weeks. But I like the Colts in this one just because I think position by position, right? The Falcons have the stars, but when you look at the all 22 on both sides of the ball, I think the Colts are the better team. They're at home. The Falcons got a little bit lucky on Sunday night. Enough of the Eagles got injured that, and even then it was closer than it should have been with yeah. all the injuries the Eagles had. Right. The Falcons should have won the game going away. They let the Eagles hang around and they got back into it and almost stole it. I just think the Colts, um, keep an eye on Jacoby Brissett. He was on the injury report, although he fully participated in practice. Um, I, I like the Colts in this one, giving one, take them against the spread, take them straight up. I got 24, 21 Colts over Falcons. Oh yeah. This is a tough one. Um, it really is. Okay, I'm just going to break it down real quick, just the things that concern me. From the Colts' side of the view, Colts offense versus Falcons defense. I mean, 
Hey, we saw the Falcons defense got ran on on week one. It was on the edge by Dalvin Cook and things like that. I have a hard time thinking that'll happen again. I think Atlanta will be ready for those edge-type runs, learn their lesson. They have great team speed. Uh, and I, honestly, the interior D-line for the Atlanta Falcons has been pretty good too. And they keep eight guys at the line of scrimmage. So I question whether the Colts can run with a lot of success. The pass game for the Colts has been solid, but certainly not like blowing up the yardage output or anything like that. I, I mean, I think uh, Brissett's thrown for like 180 yards, something like that in both games. Other side of the, the coin, and Mike, you could tell me whether you agree with me. The thing I worry about here a little bit, the Falcons O-line, okay, it's not great. We know that the Indianapolis Colts can rush the passer, but the other thing I do worry about is if the Colts can't get after the Matt Ryan and, and give him a little pressure. I don't have a lot of faith in the Colts secondary yet. And you mentioned the star power that's there and available uh, for the Falcons at, at, at wide receiver. And, of course, Matt Ryan, who's kind of been in an interception funk here. So with all that said, it being in a dome-like setting, I'm going to go with the Falcons here in a really close one. And I'm going to take them 24-21, the opposite of what you're doing. Uh, I think somehow, some way, they pull this game out. I don't feel comfortable about this. I would not recommend anybody bet on it. But I'm going to just take, take the Falcons to win, win a close one here. I mentioned Jacoby Brissett. He has a knee injury, fully participated in practice. And something I noticed in re-reviewing the injury report, Marlon Mack, the running back for the Colts who had yes. 174 rushing yards week one. He did not practice yesterday with a calf injury, so that bears monitoring as the week unfolds. Yep, okay, that's good info. In fact, like that, let's keep that going. If you if you see any injuries uh, through these games that really jump out to you, let's hit them. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, this is one of the best matchups of the day. I think we're pumped about this. Ravens, Chiefs, we had the 27-24 overtime thriller last year with all the great plays and everything like that. Ravens have been on fire. Chiefs are on fire. Chiefs are favored by six at home. Over under 52. Michael, uh, I'll let you lead it off. Where, where are you going here? You know, you and I both do the same thing. We pick the games, we pick the scores without looking at the spreads. The yes. only spreads I knew about this week were the Cowboys over the Dolphins and the Patriots over the Jets because that got so much news coverage because yes. they're both plus 20 right. by way of the, the spread. I was shocked to see minus six. I, I like the Chiefs to win this game. But I don't think it's going to be a touchdown difference. I think it's going to be, I got 31-27, and maybe this is the fan in me rooting for another great game like we saw last year. But the Ravens had their number last year, and they did a good job. I mean, as much as anyone had the Chiefs' number last year, they had the game one in regulation. It was that fourth and nine play for the ages. Yep. It kept the game alive for the Chiefs. I think this is going to be closer then a six-point spread. I like the Chiefs 31-27. It's going to be a real test for Lamar Jackson going on the road against a much better team than the Dolphins. And they only narrowly beat the Cardinals last week. So, you know, maybe there are some issues there. Maybe the Ravens aren't as great as we thought they were, but they are 2-0. and And I like what Lamar Jackson does. And I like how that offense has been diversified. And I think it's enough to keep it close, not enough to win. So that's where I come down on it. Chiefs look unbeatable, but I don't think it's going to be 7, 10 or more points. Yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I watched that Ravens-Cardinals game on film too. And I guess the Cardinals are a little better than maybe I gave them credit for. I think that's one thing that's jumped out to me after two weeks. So uh, I know we all thought I think the Ravens would just kind of smash the Cardinals and put them away, and they didn't do that. Uh, I guess here's the thing for me. The Ravens. Certainly, we know offenses improved. Lamar Jackson improved. Kansas City Chiefs defense improved. 
I actually think they match up better now with the Ravens defense this season better than they did last year with not only the personnel but the old scheme they had under Bob Sutton and all of that. I've kind of liked what I've seen from the Chiefs defense. The other side, the Ravens defense we know is phenomenal. I mean, great in the secondary. Uh, They're big and physical up front. Where I'm concerned, and you heard me say this today on PFT, I'm a little concerned about the Ravens' ability to pressure Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Kansas City can really protect the passer. The Ravens do not have a Terrell Suggs type of human being right now that scares offensive tackles. Now, Eric Fisher, uh, he won't be playing, so that's a little scary. I think this game's very close, but I ended up picking the Chiefs to win 28-20 here. You know, I envision it like I'm with you. I was surprised to see six points. Six points is nothing with Kansas City, though. I mean, it could be a close game, and they could be up by three, and they could score 10 points at the end of a game and end up winning by 13 in like a a flash. So that's how I kind of envision it. I'm going Chiefs 28-20. I think it'll be like a 21-20 type of game till very late, and I'm going to say Mahomes puts them away, puts them out of misery to where they win by eight points. But uh, I don't – I feel comfortable with picking the Chiefs to win. I don't feel comfortable with the spread there. Couple of injury notes for the Chiefs. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes still listed with an ankle injury, fully participated in practice, so maybe we won't see that same high degree of mobility we saw last time around. And both of their top running backs, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, did not practice yesterday. Williams with a knee, McCoy with an ankle. So more, you know, it's still early in the week. Keep an eye on it. But uh, it could be a factor when game time rolls around. Yep, definitely worth watching. Um, okay, Bengals, Bills. All right, Buffalo making their home opener, 2-0. and Oh, wait, 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 wait. Last week you called them the Bengals. This week you're calling them the Bengals again. <laughs> Don't, why are you trying to make logic of my illogical brain? Stop, okay? <laughs> you know better at this point. <laughs> Who knows why the hell I said Bengals and Bengals? But last I don't week, know. Because last week you said that 80s band, the Bengals. The one time you set it up to mispronounce it, you pronounced it correctly. That's how I do it, baby. I go backwards on you. Um, All right. Here we go. I'm going to run rough shed over you here, okay? Bengals, Bills. I'll lead this off, all right? Home opener, Bills. Uh, they're 2-0. and Bengals coming off a really ugly loss last week. Uh, they got dominated on the defensive side of the ball by the 49ers. I don't think the Bills are capable of that. Uh, I do think it's a little bit of a trap where the Bills are going to be like, oh, we're 2-0 and and we're coming home and it's the Bengals and we feel good about ourselves and we should win. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you're going to have the Bengals who are going, oh, we're 0-2 and we're desperate as shit. And that's a real thing. Nonetheless, I'm going to take the Bills 24-20. I don't trust the Bengals enough to get into the end zone enough to win football games. I think Andy Dalton will find some way to screw this up at some point. And I like that Bills defense, and I just think Josh Allen and the company will make a play or two more than the Bengals. 24-20 Bills. Um, What you got, Mike? You're threading the needle on this when you got the Bills straight up, you got the Bengals with the points. I like the Bills by 10, 27, 17, and you hit the right points on. The Bills feel good about themselves. It's the home opener. The Bengals are 0-2, and there's one more factor. They may peak ahead a week to the annual Tom Brady dildo game when, you know, they show up and they throw them on the field in Buffalo when the Patriots come to town and the Bills want to show that they can compete with the Patriots. There's a chance they look past this one a little bit and they got to stay focused. I pressed Josh Allen on the phone after the win 
over the Giants about whether or not it's tempting to look past the Bengals to the Patriots, and he tried to downplay it. And it's it's human nature. Sure. You're going to be thinking about the Patriots, and I think that could cause that just makes it even more important that Sean McDermott keep these guys focused. You believe him in his in him as a coach. I believe in him as a coach. I think they cover 27-17 Bills. There you go. And it's never easy to focus when you have the annual dildo game on the horizon. Never easy. One of our favorite games all year. Uh, and we will be scoping the field as usual for any foreign unidentified objects that go onto the field. Oh, they're they're identified. They're identified. They're definitely You're right. identified. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> One of my favorites. All right. For sure. Okay. <laughs> now, we got Broncos at Packers. Um, Broncos coming off a heartbreaking loss. Packers win a, win a squeaker against your Minnesota Vikings. All right. Broncos, Vic Fangio, we know he understands, you know, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Uh, the Packers offense yet to get off the ground. Flacco and the Broncos offense yet to really get off the ground. Packers favored by seven and a half here. I was surprised to see this. Uh, go ahead, Mike, lead it off. Uh-huh. You're, 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 you want to see if I take it to Vic Fangio and you take it to Aaron Rodgers. I want to no, see I'm, if I'm you go gonna... to Joe Flacco I'm... or Aaron Rodgers. I'm not falling into that trap again. I, I, I'm intrigued by what Vic Fangio can do to the Packers offense because Vic Fangio did well as the Bears defensive coordinator. Heartbreaker last year, though, when the season opened and Fangio was with the Bears and they had the game one at halftime and Aaron Rodgers came out on one leg and led the Packers to a comeback win. I just don't think the Broncos are close enough offensively to compete with the Packers 24 to 13 Green Bay wins. I'm not surprised by the spread. And, and you know, the Broncos are 0 and 2 for the first time since 1999 and they're in danger of three straight losing seasons. They better start figuring out where they're going to get some wins. I don't think Lambeau Field is a place to count on it and I think that because the offense is yet to really hit what it needs to hit yeah. and hey, if, if if we'd be we'd be starting to think about Drew Locke if Drew Locke wasn't on injured reserve right. with the likelihood of being called back at some point. But Joe Flacco has yet to deliver for the Broncos, and uh, I don't see him delivering against Aaron Rodgers. I don't either. I'm with you. The Broncos' offense is scary. They're not that talented. They're not that creative, and it's not necessarily all Joe Flacco, and he hasn't been great. But I don't, like, watch them and go, oh, gosh, there's people all wide open all over the place, and he's missing them. Uh, you know, I think there's some work to be done as far as that offense and becoming a little more creative that way and everything like that. Broncos' defense is real. We know that pass rush is real. The problem is they're playing a team – that uh, has a good pass protection offensive line. So I don't think the Packers are going to be overwhelmed by, you know, the Von Chubb combination there. And, of course, the Packers are showing they're going to be patient with the run game. And we saw it last week. I mean, over 100 yards for Aaron Jones. I think this game is really close and kind of ugly. But I have a similar score to you. I'm going 23-14 Packers. I, I almost look at it as being one of those things where it's 17-14 and they score a late one to put it away, or it becomes a field goal fest where they just kind of inch up their lead either way. I don't think it'll be an offensive uh, firepower show type of game, but I think ultimately, yeah, you, you hit it on the, on the head. Struggling Broncos offense in Lambeau. One team has Aaron Rodgers. The other one has Joe Flacco, and I just think they'll do enough to get it done and go to 3-0, and the Green Bay Packers. Both former Super Bowl MVPs, but my goodness, the difference between those two quarterbacks right now. Yes, uh, is huge. There's no, no question. Okay, 
Here's another good one. Uh, we got the Doug Peterson, Matt Patricia matchup, just like you mentioned on the show today, Super Bowl 52, uh, which was uh, very intriguing. And of course, Doug Peterson got the best of Matt Patricia that day with 500 yards passing and everything like that. Or yeah, yes, uh, I'm thinking that right. Yes. Well, no, Brady had the 500 yards passing, but either way, the Eagles moved the ball up and down that New England Matt Patricia, Patricia defense. Lions at Eagles. Eagles favored by six and a half, which I'm very surprised to see because the Eagles are beat to shit right now. Um, and over under at 46. Okay, you want to lead this off or you want me to lead it off? I'll lead it off. And it's funny when I pick a score that is close to the over under and close to the spread, it tells me that maybe I'm onto something. I still could be flat out wrong, but I've got the Eagles 27, 20. And again, I didn't know the spread before we, we started the podcast today and I got 27, 20, the over under is 46. So I see it playing out that way. I think the Eagles are a touchdown better than the lions, the lions on the road, out of the dome, not the same team that they are in that dome. And they did beat the chargers and Hey, that's great. And they're one Oh and one, but uh, I, I, I just, even with the Eagles who are banged up, tough to go into Philly and win. And Carson Wentz is the quarterback this time that Matt Patricia has to face, not Nick Foles. I think that makes it even more difficult. I like the Eagles to win this one. Yeah, uh, I like the Eagles to win this as well. But I am going to hit on a few things here. First off, um, the Detroit offense is balanced. That's the one thing I like. They can run the football. Uh, their offensive line, pretty good. Eagles D-line, been a little underwhelming with what their pressure has been able to get on the quarterback to this point. Um, so I haven't loved that aspect of it. And because of that, Jim Schwartz blitzes a little too much and he's a little too aggressive. And as we've seen through both weeks, they've given up some big plays in the past game. That's scary to me with Matthew Stafford and Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson and company. They can strike. If there's one thing there, that they're still going to be aggressive throwing the ball down the field. So that scares me a little bit, Mike. Um, the other side of the ball, just the injuries on the Eagles offense scares me. It does. I mean, you know, no Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, you know, if they're not 100% or not playing at all, I do think it handicaps the Eagles because if there's a weakness to the, the Lions, I do think it's their secondary. I don't think there's anything special there. And I don't know if the Eagles can take advantage of it fully. I'm picking this to be a closer game. Eagles win, but I'm going 27-24, and I'm making this one of my bets of the week right here. I think that the wow. Lions will cover. I'm, I'm feeling that good about this, that they will not lose by a touchdown in this football game. Uh, I think they hang tough and make this interesting. I just think Wentz and company make a play or two down the stretch to win the game. Yeah, hey, that's gutsy, and you like threading that needle, um, and uh, we'll see if it plays out. You've got several of them this week where you take one team straight up and the other one getting the points, but I, I just I like the Eagles in this one. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, they moved to two and one and they continue to be, I think, one of the teams that may make it to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. I get you there. I'm, I'm, I'm on that wagon, too. All right. I mean, when I think of marquee matchups, I think of the Dolphins and the Cowboys. When I think of, whoa, this is going to be a, a, a thumper hey, here. This It's what? a Super Bowl rematch. Yes, right. It's a rematch of the 1993 Leon Lett game. That's right. That is that game. Super Bowl rematch. Let's see. What was that? That was 24-3 Dolphins win maybe that yeah, year? Super, Super Bowl, Bowl five. Six. Five was, six. Was six. five was Cowboys Colts. Six. Yeah, that's right. Yep. That's all right. Don't worry that you're older than me and you were alive for it. I'll tell you what happened during your life. No worries. No problem. Dolphins at Cowboys spread 21 and a half 
favorite the Cowboys. Of course, we're not going to – I mean, come on. you got to know that if you're on planet Earth right now. Over under 47-and-a-half. How much do you have the Cowboys blowing the Dolphins out? Let's. We know we're picking the Cowboys. How much you got them blowing them out by? I got 35-6. to six. I don't envision the Dolphins scoring a touchdown, and I don't envision the Cowboys taking their foot off the gas. And no, no amount of Leon Letts screw-ups could make a difference in this one. The Cowboys win easily, and they puff their record to 3-0, and and people are going to continue to say they aren't tested, they haven't beaten anybody, and then they get the Saints next week without Drew Brees. And I think that narrative is going to continue until they actually beat a team that is considered a higher-level team, whether it's the the Patriots, but that's much later in the season. They've got the Eagles twice. They'll play the uh, the Vikings at some point. But uh, I, I, I just think that, uh, hey, you get the wins while you can, and you get the wins big, and I think they'll roll all over the Dolphins, especially because I don't sense that the Dolphins give a crap. No, well, and I, I, you're right. I mean, it certainly seems to be a team that's down in the dumps. They know the players know what the, you know, the writing on the wall. Cowboys are one of the best teams. I don't give a damn who they've played or what it, you know what the competition has been. You know, I mean, again, they can't help the schedule, and it's a good thing. You know, they're getting a chance to improve their game against teams that are not on uh, not as quality as they are, so they can play their best quality football. Maybe when the quality teams come up uh, upon the schedule, not going to waste my breath. Cowboys thirty four ten, and I'm being generous. I almost took 41-10, 42-10, something like that. But, but 34-10's getting close to cover territory. You're saying the Cowboys managed to outscore the spread. I do. I think they outscore the spread. I think even with the 34 to 10, like it's a dominant 34-10 where it could be 21 nothing, 28 nothing, 31-3, and then somehow maybe the Dolphins score really late just to say they scored a touchdown in the football game. But I feel very good about this and for the second game in a row, this is one of my bets of the week. I'm going with the points in the Cowboys. They will not lose this game by less than 21 and a half points or win this game by less than 21 and a half points. I think this is a safe bet. I'm riding the wave of the points. I'm not going to let the points be scared, scare me off. I, I thought we'd do the best bets when we're done. If we're going to do them now, then I'll tell you it's one of mine as well. Cowboys given the points. The point spread isn't high enough right. in large part because these types of point spreads rarely are – installed in NFL games and there are people out there who think it's a trick it's a trap and it really means the Dolphins are going to have a better showing baloney this should be 28 points of a spread between uh the Cowboys and the Dolphins yeah there's a reason it's this high and there's people that are smart that know that and I think this is one of those instances you go oh I'm gonna just ride with that and go with it so yeah if you have your best bets say them out loud we'll recap it at the end but you know mine so far Lions Cowboys bam now the other ugly debacle of a game to follow this up. The other huge point spread. Jets at Patriots. Uh, we got Mononucleocus, negative one quarterback with Sam Darnold. The Patriots are awesome. Uh, and, uh, I mean, come on, the spread's at 22 and a half favoring the Patriots. How much do you have the Patriots blowing the Jets out by? 
I, I think the Patriots will indeed cover, and this is another one of my best bets. I need to find the exact score here so I don't uh, I don't have an inconsistency. I'm with when you as well. I'm, I'm picking this bet as my best bet too. So there you go. I, I just think I think it's pedal to the metal. Patriots 42, Jets 17. I remember an Adam Gase coach Dolphins team going into New England within the past couple of years with a two and zero record. It was last year, and, and, I think. Yeah, and and the and the uh, and the Patriots were struggling a little bit. It was September. And and I think the Patriots are like a touchdown favorite. And I'm like, what the hell? The Dolphins aren't horrible. Right. They they can get, and they got blown off the field. And that was a much better team than the team that Adam Gase is taking in right now due to the the mononucleosis or nucleocus as the case may be that Sam Darnold is suffering from. I got 42-17 Patriots over Jets, and I think I'm being charitable with the points I've given to the Jets. Yeah, well, and, and to reference what you were speaking of, it is last year, but the Patriots were 1-2, and two, right? They had beat the Texans. They came off of losses to the Jaguars and the Lions, and the Miami Dolphins were 3-0 and oh last year. And they went in there to New England and got trounced 38-7, to an Adam Gase football team. So that uh, emphasizes your point even more. I do think that New England has a beat on the Adam Gate offense in general. Okay? New England's far superior. They're playing phenomenal football. I am with you. I am going with this as one of my best bets of the week as well. I'm picking Patriots 35-9, and I'm being generous there once again too. Because I almost went 42-3, 42-6. I thought about a whole bunch of numbers here. But uh, nonetheless, the Patriots cover, uh, and that would be by 24 points. And, of course, ooh, that's right on the over-under of 44. But either way, let's be done with talking about those two blowouts. Let let, let me ask you one question. Let me ask you one question. Tom Brady showed up on Wednesday's practice report as limited with a calf injury. The expectation is he'll be good to go. Would you still pick the Patriots minus the points if Jared Stidham was the quarterback? Ooh, that, I, I'm I'm sitting here debating it for real because I do think there's a real possibility that they could still do it. But no, I probably wouldn't. I would probably chicken out and maybe go like they win 27-10 or something like that because I think Stidham might make one or two rookie mistakes where he gave the Jets a short field or something like that. The real question is, where would the point spread move to? We saw what it moved to from like two and a half to six when uh, the Browns saw their their spread bulge after Sam Darnold was ruled out. How far down would it go from 22 and a half if, uh, if Tom Brady couldn't play? It probably wouldn't go any lower than 17, and there you are, 27-10. So I, I think that with the point spread adjustment that would happen, the Patriots cover. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I hear you. All right, so that's your best bet. I'm, I'm interested to see who your, uh, your next best bet will be. But either way, let's go to the fighting Mike Florios, the purple people eaters, the Minnesota Vikings at home. Yeah, fuck you too, Florio. At home, okay? Raiders. It is so weird. It is so weird. Listen, let me just give an aside to anybody out there who's watching or listening to this. We sit in these spots four days a week. You're in that spot four days a week. I'm in this spot four days a week because I'm in Connecticut on Monday. And we do a show that is on an FCC-regulated sports radio network, and we can't give each other the finger, and we can't say screw you or the alternative i can't even bring myself to say it without you know it has to happen spontaneously oh yeah yeah i just i feel like we're gonna get in trouble even now 
Yep. Well, we you know, to, don't get old and senile to, on me and get your shows mixed up. Okay. Just you never know that. when that's going to happen. All right. Go <laughs> All ahead. Right. So you're fighting Vikings. Got the Johnny Gruden Oakland Raiders coming to town. Uh, Vikings lose in Green Bay last week. Raiders lose to Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I was also surprised to see this spread right here. Twenty nine and a half nine and a half point favorites. The Minnesota Vikings. I am shocked by that. Uh, I really was over under at 43 and a half. Vikings are at home. Who do you got, Michael? I like the Vikings to win this game. I said earlier in the show uh, today that the Vikings just have all the markings of a team that goes eight and eight, maybe nine and seven, maybe seven and nine, win at home, lose on the road, and they'll probably steal one on the road and lose one at home at some point to even it out. This is one that they have to win. If they are serious about being a contender for a postseason berth in 2019, this is a game they must win. 27 to 17, they barely cover. I don't feel good about giving nine and a half to the Raiders, but I remember week three last year, the Vikings were huge favorites, 17 points over the Bills, and they lost. And I think that Mike Zimmer vividly recalls that, and he's going to be even more certain uh, to, to make sure the guys stay focused, they stay motivated, they don't trip over a game they should win while they stare down a trip to Soldier Field. So I think he gets them in the right frame of mind. They get back to the running game, back to Kirk Cousins throwing closer to 10 passes than 30 passes, and the Vikings win. Yeah, I mean, clearly Minnesota is the better football team here. There's no denying that. I mean, I do feel like that. I guess here's my, my little bit of my um, – what do I want to say, trepidation here about the matchup in general, okay? First thing is Minnesota's offense still scares the hell out of me. They really do. Uh, again, yeah, they can run the ball and they can make a few pass plays and, you know, aggressive pass plays down the field, but I don't know if the offense in general is good enough to just be consistent and be surgical that way. Um, John Gruden's Raiders play tough every week and they played tough even last year when you know the shit kind of hit the fan and they weren't winning football games they still stayed competitive and I do think they're better than last year uh, I worry about you know I, I guess really ultimately what I worry about the most with the Raiders is their secondary and I don't think Minnesota's passing game is good enough to take advantage of that completely I think Minnesota wins this game okay 23 to 20 I think the Raiders, though, keep it close. I do. I think with John Gruden staying patient with the run game, and I think he has enough in the pass game to keep this honest, and I just don't have enough faith in Minnesota to put anybody away by more than nine and a half points or anything like that. So that's why I say it stays close, and uh, 23-20 Vikings uh, pulling out a squeaker. Um, wow. I, I think if it's that close, Chris, yeah, let me tell you, if, yeah. that's, if it's that close, the Vikings will lose. Well, you're a, you're They'll very pessimistic always with the no, Vikings. So I I'm can't very really... realistic. I picked them to win last week at Lambeau Field. I learned my lesson. All I'm saying is if it's a close game, if it's that close, the Vikings will find a way to blow it. They need to win by seven or more points. They need to be ahead late by seven or more points, or Chris or, or Kirk Cousins will piss down his leg and the Vikings will lose. Okay, and let's check that. That was okay. 40 minutes in. Um, uh, no, 45 <laughs> minutes in and our first shot at Kirk Cousins. Just wanted to make sure I got that right. Okay. Hey, if he stops pissing down his leg, I'll stop taking shots at him. But you're not taking that as your bet of the week, are you? You're not making that no, your bet no, of the week. God, no, okay, God, yeah. no. God, no. And even though I have it close and people might go, well, why don't you take the Raiders as the bet of the week or something like that? 
I don't bet on teams that I'm not sure about, and I'm not sure about either one of these teams. So who knows where it can go in that type of matchup? I feel better about Minnesota, but they still scare me. So that's why I will not make that bet of the week. All right, Panthers, Cardinals. Uh, It doesn't look like we're going to have Cam Newton. I'm thinking there's some way that he might play this football game because of their desperation. Um, Won't matter. Won't matter. I don't care if he plays. If he plays like he did last Thursday night, I feel even more confident in my pick of this game. Well, gosh, I mean, if he, well, I mean, I don't think he'll play like last Thursday night. At some point, if Cam Newton's out there, we got to start to think that he'll get it turned around and start being a little more accurate with some of these throws and things of that nature, right? I mean, that's where I don't know what to do with this matchup altogether. Panthers at Cardinals, four o'clock game. Uh, Cardinals favored by two and a half, over under 45.5. Sounds like you're going Cardinals. I am going Cardinals in this one, 24 to 20. So it's just under the over-under, and it's just over the point spread, 24-20. Cardinals impressed me last week with how tough they played the Baltimore Ravens. They had a couple drives late where they had the ball in their hand. They could have taken the lead. Now, the Ravens put the clamps on the Cardinals' offense, but I think at home, and I think they just feel like they're due, and they're getting lucky. They're getting Kyle Allen if Cam Newton can't play. They either have Kyle Allen or a diminished Cam Newton. Either way, the Cardinals should be able to win this one. I'm picking the Cardinals as well. The Cardinals' defense has been a pleasant surprise. Their offense has been better than expected. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, my gosh, Cliff Kingsbury's doing things that we've never seen in the history of the NFL like he did, say, a few weeks ago. No, that's not the case. But either way, the offense has all the meat and potatoes you want to make an offense successful. And then he has a few little change-up, creative wrinkles that I've seen in each game, let alone – he has a quarterback who's a superstar, and he really was impressive last week in some of the plays and throws he made against the Baltimore Ravens. The other thing that scares me is, you know, Carolina, their front four, not been as impressive as I would have expected uh, in the run defense or getting after the quarterback. And that scares me because there's not a lot of great speed on that front four of uh, Carolina. And Kyle Murray, I think, will be able to buy time and do things like that when need to be. I'm picking it as if there is no Cam Newton right now, okay? And I'm going 24-14 Cardinals. Now, if Cam Newton does play, I am I, I might change that pick. I'm not so sure how I feel about that. You got to take your hand off the checker, man. No, you got to make your pick now. I We're did. not doing I'm, I'm conditional picks. I'm just telling right. you, just, just giving you some, some knowledge or, you know, just some background to my thoughts. But either way, yes, I'm going Cardinals 24-14. I know I can't change. I'm locked in right there. But it would scare me just for those kind of people out there that are, might be listening for some information if Cam Newton does get out there. I mean – He's the type of guy that, it, you know, extra days of practice and throwing and just getting healthy that he could turn it around in a one-game scenario. Cam Newton didn't practice Wednesday, and I just got a text from one of my writers. They're writing the story at PFT that Cam Newton's not practicing today either. Yeah. And I think that that increases the likelihood we're not going to see him. I just have a weird feel, and maybe it's because of the – Tom, uh, not Tom Brady, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees injuries and everything else that's going on. I just have this weird feeling we're not going to see Cam Newton for a while. I have nothing to base that on other than just a weird feeling. I, I and, and it just, based on how he looked last week, based on the disclosure of the foot injury now, he's not practicing. I just think it may be a while before we see Cam Newton. And it may be a long while before we see Cam Newton at 100%. Yeah, that, that, that's for sure. Uh, I do worry about it, too. I worry about his body. All right, we got the Daniel Jones matchup. Here we go. Giants, Bucks. Giants going to Tampa Bay, the house that Chris Sims built. Okay. Daniel Jones <laughs> making his first start. Um, 
Bucks one and one, Giants zero and two. Certainly reeling. I mean, the Giants aren't that talented. I don't know if I necessarily think that highly of the Bucks altogether, but I do think they're improved from where they were last year. I'll say that much. They're at home. They're favored by six and a half. Go ahead, Mike. You know, I'd never thought about this before. They used to say Jimmy Hoffa was buried under one of the end zones at the Meadowlands. Is your spleen buried under the 20-yard line at Raymond James Stadium? It should be. You're, you know, they should do it and then, like, spray paint, like, a little, like, fake spleen on the field and put my initials on it. <laughs> um, I got the Buccaneers in this. When they impressed me last week, the way that Jameis Winston played really settled down early in that game. Both quarterbacks looked like crap. Winston's the one who really did – begin to look like Cam Newton as Cam Newton began to look like Jameis Winston and the Giants just aren't good defensively. It should be an opportunity for Jameis Winston to build some confidence. And, uh, you know, unless it's a barn burner type of a shootout, which I think it would have to be for the Giants to win like 31, 28. I think the Buccaneers hold the Giants down 24 to 13 is the score I've picked. So that's the Bucks to win straight up and to cover, but not quite, uh, even close to the over under. Yep. Okay. So, um, you know, I've made the point many a times. Daniel Jones has seen this defense because of, you know, Todd Bowles, the coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is the guy that taught James Betcher, defensive coordinator of the Giants. It's the same system. So there is familiarity there. Uh, so that's a good thing for the Giants. Other thing I always, and you've heard me say this before, Mike, man, when the backup quarterback gets in or the rookie first rounder gets in at quarterback, the whole organization is invested in let's get this guy off to a good start. And the Giants will invent plays during this week uh, game plan where Eli Manning's going to walk into meetings and go, what the fuck? Why weren't these plays in the last few weeks when I was playing? That's what's going to happen. And you've heard me say that before because I've seen it with Nick Foles, the Carson Wentz, and all of those scenarios. So I do think the Giants will get a boost on offense, not only because the, the coaching staff and the team's trying to finagle some ways to make their quarterback look good, but also because I think Daniel Jones can physically make a few more player, plays than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though, defense is improved. They are big up front. Vita Villa is starting to show that he's might be uh, a damn good player. Can the Giants run on that group? I'm not sure about that. Now, one thing I do feel good about is the Giants can't rush the passer all that well, and the Giants' secondary sucks. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Sucks uh, for a lot of reasons, and they suck at corner, and they suck at safety, and I think that Jameis Winston and company will make a few pass plays. I'm going Bucks 27-21 here, so – uh, I, like you, I got the – oh, no, I got the Giants covering here. I didn't even realize that. I think the Giants will put up a fight but won't be able to win it in the end. Ultimately, I go with the Bucks to win 27-21. Two quick injury notes. Jameis Winston with a foot fully participated in practice. Devin White knee injury suffered last Thursday night. He's day-to-day. -day. He did not practice with that knee injury. That will go a long way toward bottling up Saquon Barkley if Devin White is available, and we'll just have to wait and see how the, the next few days unfold. Okay, I got to promote this podcast from this crazy fucker in West Virginia, okay? PFTPM with Michael Florio. Michael Joseph Florio does a great job. It's always. not Joseph. No, what is it's it? It's not Joseph. What is it? No. What is it's it? It's James. You ja were close. Damn. You were close. Yeah. It was James. Michael James Florio. Damn it. Okay, but either way, your podcast is pretty good, okay? PFTPM. I know you had Juju Smith-Schuster on this week, right? So that's available going right now. Friday, 
Mike's got the mailbag session going on on PFTPM. Uh, Mike's always going to be all over the news of the NFL. It's always worth a good listen, and he has an occasional good guest as well. Mike's the man. Uh, check that out. PFTPM podcast. Check it out after you listen to mine. Download and listen to mine first, then go to his. Okay. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Thanks. All right. All right. You ready for Texans Chargers? Well, I mean, I don't know that it's going to be a game worth watching, but hey, we got to make a pick, right? We do. It could be a, you know, it could be a good game. I'm kind of intrigued could, by I, it. I don't want to be tainted about the Texans because last week's game was so boring. Monday night's game with the Texans and the Saints was awesome. awesome. So uh, maybe it'll be a good game. Okay, so uh, Texans Chargers, Chargers at home, Chargers favored by three and a half, over, over under 47.5. Who are you going to go with? I like the Chargers in this one. I look, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram going against that offensive line. Laramie Tunsil's banged up a little bit. Is Deshaun Watson going to have time to get free and throw the football? I think the Chargers offense is good enough to make up for the fact that it shouldn't be all that difficult to put the clamps on the Texans offense. I like the Chargers 24 to 17 and uh you know, they start moving in the direction they want to go after losing a close one last week in Detroit. And, and yeah, there's still very much a lot, you know, with the Steelers uh, injury issue with Ben Roethlisberger, that creates an opening for a playoff spot um, because the Steelers were believed to be a team that was going to be in the mix. And maybe it gives the Chargers a chance to sneak in and take uh, one of the one of the wild card spots in the AFC. So th this is an opportunity for them to start moving in that direction. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you. Um, I got questions about the Houston Texans football team. I mean, I do. You know, you said the the main one, whether it's pass protection, whether it's creativity in the pass game, it's too much on Deshaun Watson. It's too much uh, DeAndre Hopkins centric always in the pass game. Uh, Carlos Hyde has done well and looked okay for them as far as being a decent running back, but not a great game breaker by any stretch of the imagination. And the Texans defense, I'm not sure what I think of them yet. I will say this, Whitney Merciless, certainly looks to be back to the player he was uh, a few years ago. He's been a dominant force. J.J. Watt has yet to really take control of any type of game to this point, okay? So uh, I look at it like this where I just look at the Chargers and go, I think their defense is good enough to give that Houston Texans offense some tough times. Deshaun Watson's going to make some plays because he always does. But I think ultimately I just look at the Chargers offense and go – Man, they run the ball well. They got a good short passing game. They got guys, they got ways to stretch the ball down the field. They should have won last week's football game. They kind of blew that. So they could very easily be 2-0. So I'm going Chargers 28-24. to I got them covering, but just barely. So I do not, I do not trust that bet-wise. But I do think the Chargers will improve the 2-1. And, and, I mean, let's face it. The Texans should be 0-2. Right? Very easily. They should be. Yes. Yeah. And, and a quick note. DeAndre Hopkins limited in practice Wednesday with ribs, so keep an eye on that. He, I don't, I don't expect him to do anything other than play on Sunday, but maybe he'll be a little diminished, and maybe they'll test those ribs with some big shots to the midsection to see if they can knock him out of the game. Not that you're allowed to do that, but we know that that's what happens in football. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, if you tell me somebody's ribs are hurt and I played middle safety, I would promise you I'd be aiming for his ribs all freaking game. That's what I would do. Um, that's called football. You know, it's like, what do they say? Uh, rubbing's racing. Well, hitting's football. Okay. Um, Steelers, Niners. Okay. The Mason Rudolph era begins there this year, at least. The 49ers, 2-0, and their home opener. Uh, 49ers favored by six and a half. 
What do you got, Mike? This feels like a correction Sunday type of a game with the 49ers at 2-0, and the Steelers at 0-2. We're going to start getting weekends like that late September, early October, where all the momentum is favoring one team, the other team stinks, and the other team rises up and beats the team that we think is going to be great. I still think the 49ers are going to win this game, but I don't think they're going to cover the spread. I like... 49ers 27, Steelers 23. This is a pride game for the Steelers. Flying cross country, Mason Rudolph. They really don't know what to expect from him from the perspective of the 49ers defense. They got a half's worth of film, and he can throw the deep ball. That's one of the things Juju Smith-Schuster told me earlier this week. They like how he throws the deep ball. They're willing to take some shots with him. And, you know, the Steelers are in a spot where nobody believes in them. The pressure's off now. They can just go out and play football, and the pressure's on the 49ers. Who would have dreamed they'd be 2-0? and a uh, chance to go 3-0 and for the first time in a very long time. And uh, I think they will, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a game that they're going to come out of feeling that they've been in a football game, that it is a tough, rough, violent game. But uh, I think they emerge 3-0, and but with a close 27-23 win. Well, I mean, I feel like I know this story a little bit, okay? Because, I mean, in an alternative universe, what would the Steelers look like with another quarterback? And I got a glimpse into that alternate universe once uh, this book called Quarterback of the Future right here. Oh, God, put that down. Just shut up. <laughs> you, you have props now? Are you it, carrot top? I feel, like I, right. I feel like I've seen this story before. You've told me the future of what happens with Mason Rudolph in quarterback of the future right off (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it you can blame matt casey for that that was his idea okay yeah there's a shock yeah all right who do you like okay he can fuck right off too (laughs) yep you're that casey fuck you too okay (laughs) all right steelers 49ers i do think the steelers are desperate they'll put up a spirited effort but the 49ers defense is good making their home opener um the steelers secondary not good they got to rely on their front to really ruin football games. They're not going to ruin the football game on this front for the San Francisco 49ers. Even with um, even with no Joe Staley at left tackle, the kid they got at left tackle, uh, 67 or 69, I can't the rookie from Vanderbilt, I can't remember his freaking name off the top of my head. He looked the part when he came in there last week against Cincinnati. They'll be fine. Kyle Shanahan too smart to to expose him to, so he'll find ways to protect that left tackle in his first start as an NFL football player. But the 49ers run game, okay, that along with Shanahan's genius and the Steelers just not playing good defense right now by any stretch of the imagination, and Mason Rudolph making his first start ever. Yeah, I'm going 49ers 27 to 20, uh, and I do. I'm with you. I think they improved to three and zero. So you have them covering. Just barely. Uh, just barely. I give that extra field goal to the Steelers, which allows that, – that's why you shouldn't bet people. I know. Unless you are damn sure. Do not wager your money. Save it. Invest it. Put it in the bank. Put it in the mattress. Bury it in the backyard, the mason jars, like the old Italians used to do. Do not bet unless you are damn sure. And even if you're damn sure – there's a good chance you're going to be wrong. Yes, and Justin Skule is the left tackle that will be replacing Joe Staley, uh, and I think he will be just fine. So that's what I need to do. Next time I come to your house, I got to go dig in the backyard for the mason jars. That's where you keep all your cash. I got it. I'm on to you. I know you. Yep. 
Um, okay. No, that's not where it is. You can dig up the backyard if you need to, but you're not going to find any cash back there. No, okay. You may find plenty of dog crap. There's plenty of dog crap back there. I, I do believe that. Um, okay, Saints-Seahawks. No Drew Brees. Saints going up to the Pacific Northwest. We know it's very hard to play up there. Teddy Bridgewater maybe starting. Taysom Hill maybe starting. You know my thoughts. I would start Taysom Hill. I understand if they don't, though. It's a hard place to make your first start ever as an NFL quarterback. Seahawks favored by four and a half. They're two and zero oh, over under forty four and a half. Um, I'm leaning Seahawks just to let you know. What are you going to do? Yeah, here's the thing. We, we drafted the best matchups of the week or the most important matchups, and we talked about Sean Payton versus Pete Carroll and the plays that Sean Payton will come up with to create opportunities for Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, and guys wide ass open, as Bruce Arians would say. And I, I that's fine, but ultimately they got to play the game in Seattle in that environment. With a Seahawks offense that is firing on all cylinders, DK Metcalf has had 150 receiving yards in a couple of games. He's wearing the 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 mouthpiece that's a binky. Have you seen the pictures of him with the binky mouthpiece? The kid's hilarious. Russell Wilson having an MVP start to the season so far. He was one of the picks we made yesterday when we drafted way too early MVP candidates. You know, I, I think that this one is easy to get caught up in what could happen. I think at the end of the day, the Seahawks win it easily, 29-17. to 17, And the Seahawks giving four and a half points, my third and final best bet of the week. Wow. I, okay, there you go. Okay, you're going strong here. I didn't have the guts to do that. All right, so I'm going Seahawks to win 21-17, but I do think it'll be closer um, than you, obviously. But I guess this is where I get a little, a little scared. Um, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see an offense that it's going to be hard to prepare for if you're the Seattle Seahawks, just because, yeah, again, just like we talked about, you know, with Daniel Jones and the Eli Manning thing, Sean Payton's going to come up with some tricks and some plays that, you know, quite honestly haven't been seen this year in the NFL. He's going to come up with a few things that the Seahawks have not prepared for, they have not studied for. So I guess I worry about that. Also, I mean, the, the Seattle Seahawks, as much Russell Wilson's the man, but that's the problem. The pass game, you know, it lacks creativity up there, Mike. And it is a lot of times, I wrote this in my notes and said it on my podcast some, yesterday. I mean, it's sometimes their offense just looks like, hey, just everybody run straight and Russell will hit you. He'll, he'll, he'll get it in there. Everybody run deep and Russell will just wait for somebody to get like the slightest bit of separation and he'll throw it in there. Now, I know they can run the ball, the Seattle Seahawks, but I do think, I mean, this New Orleans Saints defensive front, you're not going to make a living running the ball on them. So I think they can make this game kind of ugly. I think they're going to try to do a little bit what they did last year in Baltimore, the New Orleans Saints. Run the ball a lot, control the clock, uh, try to save their defense that way. But ultimately, yes, the Seahawks are at home. And ultimately, the, the Saints play too much man-to-man -to -man coverage. And because of that, Mr. Binky, DK Metcalf, and some of those other guys are going to get like two or three opportunities. <laughs> and there it is. That is awesome. And Russell is going to awesome. It is amazing. <laughs> that like the most ripped, physically gifted guy on the field wearing a Binky on the field is absolutely amazing. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go Seahawks 21-17. I, I, uh, I got, you know, the Saints covering the spread. I don't mean to do that, but uh, it just with the way I picked it. You know, here's here's something that's interesting to me. The official injury report comes out on Wednesday, late afternoon, early evening, and a lot of the teams haven't completed practice yet. Not not a not a ton of them, but the West Coast teams right. usually are in that boat. 
The, the Seahawks have 16 guys on their preliminary injury report this week. Now, who knows how serious any of these are? There's just a few that did not practice. Several guys limited in practice. Uh, now, some, some are rest days. So, um, you know, they, they, got, they got a partial day off like a DK Metcalf, not injury-related, uh, limited in practice. I've never seen that before. Usually it's not injury-related no practice. So it's kind of a half practice for some of these guys, but there still are several injuries. That doesn't shake my faith in the Seahawks, though. Russell Wilson isn't on the injury report. He's a difference maker, especially at home. They had that close call a couple of weeks ago against the Bengals. I think that sticks in their craw a little bit. All the more reason to stick it to the Saints. And when you consider Rams 2-0, Seahawks 2-0, 49ers 2-0, you got to deliver a death blow when you can to teams from other divisions it could be in the wild card chase so this is a critical early season game for the Seahawks to clear out a team that could potentially take one of the playoff spots that Seattle would like to have very real best bet 29-17 Seahawks win okay very real point though you're right they got a chance to really uh yeah give themselves a leg up if it does become that wild card conversation and they're in the fight for the fifth and sixth seed uh uh this certainly would would help them out Okay, now we got the Sunday night football game, one of the games I'm most excited for for the week. The Browns, Sunday night football, got the Rams coming to town, 2-0. and We all thought the Rams might fall asleep at the wheel after Super Bowl hangover. They're not. The Browns, you know, underwhelming week one, better in week two, but it was no Sam Darnold. It was the Jets who were reeling. Um, what do you think here now? Rams favored by three, over under at 49. What are, you, what are you picking? What's your score? This is tough for me because, look, I've picked against the Browns each of the first two weeks. I was right when I picked the Titans. I was wrong when I picked the Jets. And now I'm starting to get caught up in the, the whole, hey, you know what? This is kind of fun to watch the Browns do what they do. And, and uh, you know, and I, I, I don't want to let that influence my hopefully objective selection here. I do like the Rams to win this one. I want the Browns to keep it close. I want it to be exciting. Uh, but I think the Rams 30 to 24. I, you know, I've doubted the Rams each of the first two weeks as well. I picked the Panthers to beat them. I picked the Saints to beat them. But I, we have to acknowledge the Rams have found a way to land on their feet, even though they had a horribly disappointing end of the season. And they still have a way to go to reach their ceiling. I think they will go on the road and win this game. Uh, now, if it was going to be a cold night when they played, I wouldn't believe in the Rams. But it's still September. They got that game out of the way before they would potentially go there and have Jared Goff you know, uh, be the, like the turtle with his head in the shell because it's too cold for him. So I like Goff to have a good game. Todd Gurley, when used, the offense to be solid, the defense to be solid. Hopefully an exciting game, but I like the Rams 30-24. to I do think it'll be an exciting game. I think the point you made, I mean, you know, the Rams are battle-tested. You know, that, that's what you're saying. They're battle-tested, you know. And again, we've seen them uh, the first two weeks, like Carolina, they didn't play their best football, but they find ways to win games. You know, last week it wasn't always sexy, but... They just make enough plays to get it done. They're unbelievable four-quarter football team, three phases. They win special teams on a week-to-week basis. Can the Browns stay patient with the run game? They better, okay, because if it becomes pass-happy, the Rams are going to find ways to get Aaron Donald on Eric Cush at right guard, and they'll find creative ways to where they can't help out that right guard Cush against Aaron Donald, who I know is on their injury report with a, a back injury right now, but I'm expecting him to play. Dante Fowler has looked really good the first two weeks for the Los Angeles Rams on the defensive side of the ball. Um, 
the Rams are so balanced on the offensive side of the ball. They never get away from the run game. Cooper Cup back in the lineup looking good. Uh, McVay in the play action passes and all of that. I, I do think this will be a close game. I do. You know, I think that I think that Freddie Kitchens will realize they need to run the ball a little bit. And I also think the Rams, Mike, even though they have Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, they, they like to play zone. They don't play a ton of man-to-man. So I don't think you're going to get a ton of shots to Odell down the field and things like that. But where I do think they can make a living a little bit is like 15-yard out routes to Odell, you know, 15-yard in cuts to Odell, Jarvis Landry over the middle. We'll see what happens when David Njoku. I know he's dealing with concussion and the wrist injury, but I do think the Browns could keep it close, but I'm going Rams 24-23. I think they kick a late field goal or something like that to win the game. Wow, wow. So uh, you have the Browns covering. You're threading the needle there. I am. I like the Rams to cover, and we both have the over. On this one, no, you have have the under 24, 23. You're just under. I'm just barely, I'm five points over at 54. Um, Okay. Before we get to the next game, we got to talk about, oh, oh, O'Reilly auto parts. Cause Mike, Mike, Mike Florio needs some more money. Go ahead. Actually, today isn't a day to do an O'Reilly read, but if you want to do one, I can find one here. I should know them. They put that on my rundown. So Forget I, I, O'Reilly. I should, forget Florio. Send me the money for this one. No, 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 no. We can, we can, we can remind folks that uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts is the place to go to get all your auto parts. And if I can find, here we go. We, I really should know these off by heart. You really should. Uh, I really should. How about this one? One more time. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, prepare for your road trips. Before your travel begins, visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simple preventive maintenance before you go will ensure a safe journey. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. That's a bonus ad for O'Reilly and a bonus jingle from Chris Sims. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Auto Parts. There's nothing right. worse than going on a trip in the car and the having an issue with your car once you go on the trip. Gosh, last time that uh, happened to me, I lost a tire and it really ruined my whole fucking trip and that drove me crazy. Hey, hey, and listen, uh, you know, the whole the whole concept of having to pull over on the side of the road on an interstate and deal with cars whizzing by at 80 miles an hour. Why they're I, texting on the phone, I might add. Why exactly. they're texting, yeah. Yeah, it's dangerous, yes. Um, okay, the Redskins, the Bears, Monday Night Football. The Bears have been so disappointing offensively. I mean, it's been sucky-ducky on that side of the ball. Defense has been very good. Washington Redskins... Can't run the ball. Case Keenum has been able to make a few plays in the past game in the first two games. He's been able to do that. The Redskins D-line good. Redskins secondary sucky ducky. Okay. (laughs) You like that? Okay. No, I don't. You got sucky ducky Redskins secondary (laughs) versus sucky ducky Bears offense. All right. So... I don't know where to go, but either way, the Bears are favored by four on the road in Washington, over under 41 and a half. Who do you got? Uh, I, I've got the, uh, I've got, <laughs> you're funny. I've got the Bears winning this one just because dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. And just the idea that, you know, you, you've got the Cowboys defense that was selling out to stop Adrian Peterson, and they did. How about throwing the ball down the field yeah. if you're getting those looks in the running game? Uh, you know, don't okay, pass the ball, do play action. I I just think that that Washington, 
uh, is not good enough. And even though the Bears have been bad offensively, this is the night they get it right. They return to prime time on the road. Probably a lot of empty seats in Washington on a Monday night. Who wants to go out and, you know, screw up their Tuesday morning this early in the season for a team that's that bad? Um, a 23 to 9 Bears win. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to go against the Bears here either. You're right. I mean, the Redskins. Um, they're not going to get big pass plays in this game versus the Bears. The Bears are not the type of team to take a whole lot of chances in the secondary to give you those type of chances. They have a front seven that they trust very much, so they don't need the extra safety in the box to help them. And, you know, I worry that, right, like you kind of said, I mean, the Redskins can't run the ball. That means, you know what, that's going to mean you're going to be in a lot of, like, third and long situations, and that's not going to work against the Bears' defense. Now, the other side of the ball – I have no faith in the Bears' offense. I do think that teams have figured out Matt Nagy's route combinations and things like that. They've got a good feel for it. Okay, it's two weeks in a row. I kind of saw defensive coordinators all over things that the Bears were trying to do. Bears' run game, not very good, not creative. They basically have two run plays. That's it. They just keep repeating the two run plays. Yeah, Trubisky hasn't been great, but I think we all overvalued, me included, the Bears offense. I think I overvalued some of the talent. Um, what do you think the problem is? What do you think the, the core? Why is this offense not working? I, I think it is a little predictable in its ways, Mike. I do. I think there's, uh, you know, you know what I always say. When, when I start to watch film, and for the second week in a row, I watch film where, you know, the Bears get in some interesting formations, and you go, oh, let's see what they got here. And yet the defense seems to drop in a zone coverage exactly where they're trying to throw the ball. Those are always little telltale signs to me that defensive coordinators have figured out your route combinations, that you have some tendencies there. So I think that, and they haven't been able to run the ball. Their offensive line hasn't played great, let alone they don't have great creativity in their run game. Trubisky misses two or three throws every game that he shouldn't miss. And that we have overvalued their talent a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to pick the Bears 20-16 to 16, uh, just because I have no faith in the offense. Like, I think they'll have opportunities to maybe win the game 34 to 16, like where there might be people wide open and things like that. But I just don't trust that they can even connect at this point. And I, I do have a little faith in that, that skins uh, Washington Redskins defensive line and Minuski when he doesn't have to play man, the defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins, he is a very good zone defense type of guy. And I just don't know if the Bears have the firepower of the offensive passing attack to expose it. So that's why I'm picking a little bit of a closer one. 20 to 16, Bears win the game. That's a push, I guess, I'm picking. Yeah, I, I, uh, I you know... I guess if we have to deal with Washington in prime time, let's get it out of the way early. Although week eight, they go to Minnesota for the Kirk Cousins revenge game. Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, Adrian Peterson, assuming that Peterson's still playing, assuming that Keenum's still playing, assuming that Cousins is still playing. Should be a good game. Oh, baby, I can't wait for that one. I mean, you, I'm sure you won't bicker or cause any ifs or this or that during that week, okay? Um, three bets of the week. Here we go. Here's my three. I got the Lions covering the spread in Philadelphia. I got them losing a close one, 27-24. Eagles favored by six and a half. Okay, I got the New England Patriots covering that 22 and a half point spread that they are favored over the Jets. I think they blow the Jets out of the water. And I also, 
uh, have the Dallas Cowboys blowing the Miami Dolphins out of the water to cover that 21.5 point spread. You, like me, are going with Dallas and New England to cover those big numbers. I think we're both believers that this is uh, a way superior team playing two way inferior teams and just ride the points wave there. And then you're taking the Seattle Seahawks to win by more than four and a half points against the New Orleans Saints. I think that that's one that's going to be a good one. I think our I feel good about New England and Dallas. The ones are our, our, our last picks there. Me going with Detroit, you going with Seattle. That'll be very interesting. I think that'll be very close. And I certainly want to beat your ass in all of this. I want to beat you with the spread straight up. And especially my stone cold guaranteed locks, bets of the week, Johnny Shark, Chris Sims, the better. Those are my locks of the week. Thank you. Is that your trademark phrase? You getting that on a t-shirt? Not yet. No. What was it again? Stone cold lock, Chris Sims, Johnny shark, even though the word is sharp lock of the week. Is that what it is? Something like that. Yes. Yeah. All right. That works again. Don't make sense of me. It's a long, have to put some of it on the back. May have to be flip side, a little on the front, a little on the back, long, long week. Okay. Lots of football has gone through my brain. I am becoming hoarse from talking to you too much. I can feel it in my voice, but Either way, always fun. We'll see who wins this week. I have a feeling I will win and dominate you. Okay, I think I'm going to start like a next 14 week in a row, just domination tour, Sims over Florio. Um, Please subscribe, rate, PFTPM podcast, Chris Sims unbutton podcast. Mike's doing his mailbag on Friday. I know I got to ask me anything coming up real soon for my podcast. Monday, Florio will be doing another mailbag. You're doing a, a mailbag Monday or Friday? Uh, no, 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 no. Friday mailbag. Monday, Friday mailbag. Monday, uh, unless I get home from Connecticut a lot earlier than expected. No PFTPM on Monday, other than the PFTOT, which ends up in the PFTPM feed. Yep. Monday, Michael B. here in studio with me for PFT. We'll be all over all of Sunday's games. We'll have a good talk. We always do. I'll punch him at least once. That's always worth it. And then on my podcast Monday is always my week three recap. Paul Burmeister will be joining me. Everybody out there, enjoy the weekend. Have fun. Don't drink and drive. Don't smoke weed and drive, okay? Be smart out there on the streets, all right? Florio, you hear don't me? Don't text and drive. Act, don't, don't text and don't drive. Don't tell me. I don't drink and drive or smoke weed and drive. I don't even smoke weed. You're the one that smokes weed. I know, and I don't really drink, so that's why we're a good combo like that. But, yes, don't do any of that. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. Peace out. See ya for Florio and Sims. See ya Monday. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. 
Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.